Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, we pull back the curtain on the American economy. And is it fair to everyone? And much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? Jules, man, on the road again. And I got some, <laughs> I got like one of those like horror stories from like traveling uh, downstate. You know, it's not as, not as bad as your story with the deer, but I'm driving yesterday down to Champaign, man, and just chilling, got a little playlist going, feeling good vibes. All of a sudden I hear, you know how you hear the little rock hit your windshield. You don't think anything of it. Uh-oh. Okay. Man, this thing, I start seeing like a, a crack forming on my damn windshield. I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? It wasn't, it didn't even feel like it was even that loud of a of a ricochet. So I'm like, whatever this thing was that hit my damn windshield, bro, it cracked the hell out of it, man. Oh, dude. How bad is the crack? How bad is the windshield? I mean, so it started out like a half dollar size. So I'm thinking, nah, it'd be okay. So I kept driving. Man, shit, by the time I got here to the champagne, that thing, <laughs> it spread. It went from oh, the, the top and then like hooked towards where the uh, the rearview mirror is. So I obviously got to get it replaced. So. Oh, damn. Boy, don't you hate that? I hate them. I hate them. That's that unnecessary just, you know, money you have to spend to get it fixed. Because now it's going, if you leave it unattended, it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah, it's only going to get worse. So, I, yeah. I, so this is what I thought I was going to be able to do. So I called uh, State Farm and okay. I was like, "Hey, uh, would this be would this qualify under comprehensive?" They were like, "Yeah, yeah, qualify." They said, "You're comprehensive on this vehicle's a hundred bucks." I was like, "Okay, cool, that's that's reasonable." So I'm like, "Well, can you get somebody out here today?" So last night I wanted somebody to fix it last night because you know they had the little mobile things that come to you and they'll they'll fix it. Okay. So the lady was like, "Oh yeah, I'll get you in touch with somebody." Jules, tell me why I spent 30 minutes of my life that I'm never gonna get back. <laughs> on the phone with this State Farm person who connects me to somebody who's asking for my vehicle information just to tell me, okay, sir, we can get someone over there on Tuesday. And oh, I'm sitting damn. here like, I'm going to be back at home by Tuesday. Right. What are we talking about? <laughs> I, I can just imagine your look. <laughs> I'm surprised you still get that phone, man. Do right. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! I was yeah, hot, right. Bro. I was hot. I was hot. I, I bet you was, cause you're like, I right, you 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 get. Last time you heard, you like, I right, we gonna get somebody out. Cool. And you get someone. Yeah, we got you scheduled for Tuesday. Like, what the fuck? 
I have a new damn car by Tuesday. Oh shit. I might not even be alive by Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. All right, well. So the jewels are called back. Okay. And then I get in touch with another agent and I explain the whole situation that happened. And I said, look, <laughs> I'm not in my home base right now. I'm hoping to get this thing fixed because I don't want to get back on the highway with the cracked windshield. Right, right. And so they're like, oh, you know, we misunderstood the first time. So sorry. Uh, this next person will definitely be able to help you out. So they give me in touch with Safelight. Not trying okay. to give them any free advertising, but that's who the company was. So then they call, they call me. And the first thing the guy says to me is, um, hey, uh, so when when are you looking to get this scheduled next week? And I said, dude, are, do you guys not have people available <laughs> same right. day anymore? Right. What about them damn commercials? You say get somebody out as soon as possible or whatever. I, I, I believe and so. Jules, you took the words right out of my mouth because that's exactly what I said. So I'm like, y'all need to change them damn commercials. <laughs> oh, false advertisement. Yeah, man. I'm sitting this, this man tell me I can get somebody out there Wednesday. I'm like, boy, y'all love waiting the next week. I said, like, what if I was just out here in a bad way? You just gonna have me just waiting to Wednesday, huh? Man. Yeah, right. Dude, so tell me what, what I mean, what you end up doing? I, 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 I'm gonna have to drive back to Chicago later uh, with this cracked ass windshield. You know what I'm saying? So man. so the guy from Safe Life's like, oh, you know, he said, based on the way you described it, he said, you know, the glass is reinforced. So he said, it's not going to come in. I'm sitting up here like, you don't know that shit for sure. Well, it sounds good. Yeah, right, right. Uh, uh, it's safety glass. Okay, well, hey, if something happened, I know who I'm coming for. You ain't lying. I'm like, I know oh, the calls man. is recorded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. For quality assurance. For quality assurance. <laughs> man, prayers. Hey, man, just be careful on the way home, man. Pray that you get home safely and, and that windshield stay, stay intact, man. Dude, for real, man. Definitely pray for your boy, man. I'm going to be dropping the speed limit on that bitch, too. My goodness. <laughs> well, what's the what's the good word with you? Enough about my troubles. <laughs> Dude, nothing much, man. Thank God. I've been, been chilling. Oh, well, work as usual. Working and chilling, I guess, man. Nothing, nothing, nothing new. Nothing new. Nothing out the ordinary. Well, Prez, I did have somebody want to whoop my ass the other day. <laughs> so that was that was kind of funny. But he was. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I want to hear this. <laughs> hey, so, so I'm at work and I'm helping out. I'm helping out another unit. They stopped this guy. He was he was he was lit, dude. So I get he forgot he had put his gun on top of the car. Tack just so happened to drive by and saw, him. you know, he had no Ford or no CCL, uh, concealed carry license. Okay, so they took him in. So they don't have cages in their car, so they call for assist. But then they call for, you know, uh, to step it up because he was, you know, acting out. So my partner and I, we was close and we got there and, you know, we ended up grabbing, helping, putting him in cups. And, you know, we're all types of Uncle Toms and we're doing the song and dance for these white officers. And I'm just like, damn, dude. I said, relax, man. We know he he slapped, so we ain't taking him serious and nothing like that. Right, so right, right, right. We, we get him in the car, and he, you know, you know, Max, man, man, what's your name? He said Nat Turner. I was like, oh my god, oh <laughs> shit, he a revolutionary. Man. <laughs> yeah, Let's go. Like, <laughs> and then I said, no, nah, man, for real. He said Nat Turner. So, okay, so I said, Mister Turner, man, what happened? He said, you know, he would start yelling stuff, and, and he said, y'all not helping me. And I'm like, what can we do? I mean, <laughs> you, you get caught red-handed. I mean, right. Yeah, he was like, man, I'm going to beat your ass. Take these cuffs off. 
I was like, okay. Oh, shit. I said, okay. I said, just wait till we get into the station. I will, will I'll, I'll take the cuffs off. I promise you. Long story short, man, I ended up taking the cuffs off, you know, and, and my cuff key, it, it looks kind of look like a pen. So he was like, no, nah, man, I don't want no morphine, man. I said, oh, dude, I said, dude, you own something heavy, man. That's what's wrong. Just been turn around, man. Let's take these cuffs off. Me. You know, so I took him off. He was cool. He, he ain't do nothing. Well, I knew he wasn't gonna do nothing, but he was definitely on some shit, huh? <laughs> yeah, that dude was. He thought my cuff key was a was a shot, was a needle. Yeah, he that means he had, that means he had been down that fucking path before. <laughs> man, oh boy! So that was that was the only excitement I had this week, man. Hey, Jules, you better knock it off with that morphine out here in these streets. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, what? So morphine? Who? What? Are, okay, morphine with him. Oh, hey, listen, man. this man told you he's Nat Turner, so he knows, man. He knows. I get, man, I guess. <laughs> man. So so now we know all this, that Jules isn't the morphine guy. That's good. That's good. <laughs> man. Damn, that's crazy. So, But you know what, man? That's probably not even the wildest story that you probably hear, man, because I'm telling you, that will seem mild compared to, I'm sure, what you really be dealing with out there. So, Yeah, that was that was a funny one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, really? so what ended up happening, man? So what they they locked him up. What yeah, they, he could I mean he could charge he could, yeah, he could charge for it. He uh he'll go see a judge in the morning and and good luck to Nat Turner. I mean, <laughs> hope he gets yeah. some help, man. Definitely needs to get some help. But I think the thing that alarms me with that situation is okay, you got a guy out there on whatever the fuck he was on. And he's got a gun. It's not even right. like legally owned. And so that's my biggest thing about that story is damn. Right. He's just driving around with a gun like that out of his mind. And he's out of his mind. So anything come across, he he could be up in it, you know what I'm saying? And busting because he whatever he owned, he tripping off of and he probably seeing, you know, seeing stars and rainbows and other stuff and demons and who knows? I mean, who knows? <laughs> so so it was definitely good that you know end up getting the gun off. He he getting arrested and get that taking that gun away from him because he clearly didn't need it, man. Yeah, but you know what the sad part about that situation is that motherfucker gonna get out and he gonna get him another one. And I think that's the that's the deeper problem that goes on out here, man. It's like these these streets are flooded with these goddamn guns, you know, and drugs and everything else. Man, yeah, yeah, I feel like it's never in the cycle here, man. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, because you all feel like, oh man, we got a gun off the street. Shit, you wish that motherfucker be back in then. So, oh see, yeah, people, but then people don't want to talk about the reason of how them guns got on the streets. Y'all know, y'all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The motherfucking CIA, the motherfuckers are the reason why these guns and drugs are on the streets. You guys look that shit up. They flooded the streets. They did that shit intentionally. It's impossible to get these guns off the street. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's that's for sure. It seems like it's like 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 roaches, man. They multiply. You take one, and you get a few more come popping up. I mean, that's just, what just be, that's what we're up against. You you just be amazed. I think last year they recovered, man, five six thousand guns off the street last year. Hmm. It's I mean that's a lot of guns. Yeah, that's a lot of guns, dude. It's yeah. Yeah, that's a di- different subject. <laughs> different, okay. Different but episode how long, there. But then how long before them guns that y'all confiscated fucking walk their asses right back out there on the block? I don't know, man. See? I don't know. That. I'm not sure. See? I'm telling you. 
That's gonna be a future episode. I'm just saying. I'm just. I just. When I l- listen to the story that you told me, it just made me super uncomfortable, man. Because, bro, man, we got families, man. We got friends out here, and these are the type of people that you're encountering every day. And this is why on this show, Jules and I implore people to listen, man. If you out here in these streets and you come across somebody, <laughs> just man, keep it moving. It, it, life is too short. You don't need to be getting into no altercations with people because you don't know what people are on. You don't know what they got on them. Now you listen to a guy like this. Now what if he would have gotten into it with somebody? Right. He probably had to lit somebody's ass up. No, you're right. And it happens. So it's yeah. It's... And then you see the mugshot of the person, you could tell the eyes all closed and shit. You're like, man, this motherfucker they had no idea. Cause they on that shit. Right. He coming down off of it or whatever. He had no recollection. And it's like, dude. Yeah, it's a it's an ongoing battle there, Press. But no, you're right, man. As you telling people, man, just keep it moving, man. I mean, trying to be confrontational, man, ain't worth it. Ain't no. worth it. Don't be a hero. <laughs> Shit. No, I got, no. I can listen. I got called the bitch ass motherfucker the other day, and I said, "Yeah, I guess I'm gonna be that, but uh, I'm gonna be alive." So you have a good day, sir. Have a good day. <laughs> you can now take the left turn. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> listen, yeah, friends, real talk, man. Yeah. I mean, real talk, dude. Hey, hey, man, you can have it, man. I yep. ain't in no rush. Nope. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. go ahead. I'll be there today. Trust me, I will not internalize that one bit. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> but listen, Jules, there was a point in my life I'd be like, "What did he say to me?" <laughs> right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, 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 little younger days, it'd be. All right, <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I guess I am. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you looking at me, am I? Nah, 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 I'm just a smart, I'm just a smart motherfucker right now. Okay. <laughs> you, you start getting poetic with it. To be or not to be a bitch. Yeah, to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Woo, we. It's Woo. crazy out here. That's all I'm saying. We in some times, man. We in some times. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Let's let's get into it, Jules. So it's kind of okay. interesting. So our fair foul this week comes over from James, who's from the South Side of Chicago, and he wanted to know on this one. He he said, "Guys, is it fair or foul for individuals with criminal past having that past used against them when trying to rebuild their lives?" So obviously, Jules, you told that story about the gentleman Nat Turner yeah. who got involved in that in that instance. So in my opinion, that's a good, you know, story. That, that was a good story to tell because in a situation like that, we can look at that and say, is that isolated incident with Nat Turner or is that just indicative of who he is as an individual? But there's people out here in the system. Think about um, a couple seasons ago, we had Cos Marty on the show. Right, right. He had a past, you know, dealing drugs. But look at what he's done. He rehabilitated, he rehabilitated himself and he's helped others who tried to come out of the system because what he told us on that show was, not only is it difficult trying to get back into the world, but he said they're trying so hard to get you locked up again. He said they were trying to violate him on some bullshit on multiple times. And so I just wondered, Jules, with this type of question, what do you think? Because I definitely feel like there's individuals that have to jump through some hurdles or hoops to try to get back into uh, reality. Yeah, you know, it's 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 foul. Like a perfect example, like cause. 
if he's trying to, you know, he, of course, he, he has a pass and he didn't straighten himself up for years and been on, you know, righteous path or whatever, you know, stay consistent and doing this thing, take care of business. Man, it's only fair for people to get his man a, a man opportunity. You shouldn't judge him because of something that, you know, he fell short on years ago. Now, like you said, prayers, if you if you somebody that's always in the system, then you know what? It, good luck. But if you if you did something back in the days, you was young, stupid, or just happened to have a bad day, end up getting caught for it, you shouldn't be penalized and punished for 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 that uh that that offense. You you paid your debt to society, you're on you're on the right path, you you're trying to do your thing, trying to get your bread the legal way, trying to make a better set, uh, life for yourself. And no company or person should judge that. Uh, it should be wiped wiped away. You paid your debt. You should be good to go. You know that's yeah. how that's how I feel about that one, man. Yeah, I think you have to just look at the situation. But I also wonder too, if it's someone that's had you know repeat run-ins with the law, is it possible that those people can get off of whatever it is? Because what if it's a situation where you have someone that's dealing with addiction? And addiction, we all know. That's not to be a quick fix for someone to get off of some of these, you know, drugs and things that they're right. on. Right. So what if you have a person that serial, you know, offender when it comes to drugs, and then they eventually turn their life around, whether it's a year, two years, three years, whatever it may be. Now, does that person, if they have shown, hey, you know what, I want to get back into the world and I want to be a positive impact out here, I want to have a positive impact out here, should that person's past be used against them? See, I think that's kind of where James is going with this scenario. And I feel like everyone should have a second chance. But I also feel that we should make it easier for people to be, we should make, I guess, incorporated back into, into the world. Because when people get locked up and Kaz told that, he said he didn't even feel right being out because he got so used to being locked up. And see, I've never been locked up, so I don't know what that life is like. <laughs> you know, right, so... Right. It's right. hard for me to even be able to talk, speak to that point, but I just think that everybody deserves a second chance because none of us are perfect. People are going to have missteps. And I think that if someone is showing that, hey, I want to walk that righteous path, then they should have the ability to do so. I mean, we know in the past, when we were growing up, we had people from our neighborhoods that, you know, we, we, you didn't know why they disappeared for a couple of years. And all of a sudden they popped back up. Then I learned when I got older, oh, that motherfucker was in jail. He got locked up. Mm-hmm. And then I saw like, it was our next door neighbor. He was gone for some years, bro. I'm talking about when I was in high school. It was like my senior year, and they was having a big party for him coming back. And I was like, man, did he moved. They're like, man, that motherfucker was locked up for selling drugs and shit. But the, the, the reason why I'm telling this story is he was trying to apply for jobs. No one would hire him because he was a felon. Mm-hmm. So you know what he did? He took out like a loan from his uh, his pops and he bought a, a tow truck. And from that one tow truck, this man now has got like 20 tow trucks. And he Good. said, you know what? I have to find a way. But he only hires ex-cons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see a lot more a lot more uh, companies that's doing that. Hire ex-felons uh, and, you know, so. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things where where people at the start, if, if you, you know, you, you have to show, you have to take the initiative and show that, all right, uh, something happened, and I'm 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 not that person anymore, and I'm just want to support myself, support my family. Want to, you know? So uh, we need more opportunities out there, true, mm-hmm. for people for for people who trying to get you know trying to get themselves right. 
you know, the only reason why a lot, literally you get some people that go back into a crime because they can't able to get uh, adequate work or money or, you know, mm-hmm. so they refer back to what they know or what, what, what's, you know, what they need right now, for for shelter or food or wherever the case may be. So if you have more companies to take chances and, you know, and kind of forgive and forget and, you know, give, uh, give uh, uh, some jobs to some of these people here, Hey, you might, you know, uh, you'll be able to help out, and then, and then hopefully, you kind of decrease some of this crime that's going on out here. Yeah, I think that thinks, I think that's a big point. I think that you got to have these companies that are willing to give these guys an opportunity, give them a chance. Because as I mentioned during <laughs> so many episodes on the show of the last couple seasons, there's so many of these companies out here. They write a check and they want to look good, but what are they really doing? True. I, I, I don't know. Even, <laughs> one thing about man, I, like I, we said this before, Pac said the best man, you know, some of that, that charity, man, don't really help. I mean, no, like you said, it looks good. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a tax write off, but what's it, where is it really going? And what's it, right. who's it benefit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I'm, I'm just going to say this. We saw so many people writing checks during the social unrest that was going on in 2020 checks being written all over the place. I still drive through the hood. I don't see nothing that's improved in those neighborhoods. True. Millions of dollars were donated. Ooh, you hit it there, partner. You hit it there. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, hey, instead of like people that are writing in these, these donations, if you are somebody at one of these companies, start a program. You know, and I know that there's programs out there, but hey, there could always be more. And I'm, I'm going to challenge people to listen to this show. Hey, if you work for one of these major corporations, make that suggestion within your organization. Like, hey, you know, help out some of these, you know, former, you know, inmates. Because I tell you one thing, a lot of these guys, when they leave prison, that prison system still is going on because the way that they get treated when they come out. I mean, you got to think about the fear that these guys have when they write on a job application that they have a felon. Uh-huh. You know, as soon as they check yes on that thing, that person looking at their resume like, mm. Right, you are, yeah, yeah, you already, yeah, we'll call you. Exactly. So, yeah, it's one of them. They see that, have you been convicted of a felony? Yeah, it's probably the first thing they look at when you look at the resumes, tell you the truth. I'm sure. So, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, so to answer that question, obviously, to me, foul, I think that we should be in a society where we uh, welcome people. And, and my thing is, too, it depends on the offense as well. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. I think that needs to have some sort of uh, primer there. I mean, if it's something drug-related, I'm kind of like more of like, listen, man, <laughs> you don't know why that person was out there doing that shit. They, maybe that was the only thing that they thought they could do to make money for their family. Two Jules, I think about it, there's people that have killed people that have come out and, re- and rehabilitated themselves. Remember Benji, the, the basketball player from Simeon? One of the two people that killed him, now this dude, I think his name was Billy, I forget his last name, but anyway, Billy was locked up for like 20 years for killing Benji. When he got out, he started working with this organization where he wanted to help people that were coming home. And all his work, his life work has been helping other people that have gotten put into the system. So that's an example of someone that has rehabilitated themselves. So I do think that there's people out here that can change. And that's why I do think that maybe it's important for us to just give people an opportunity. Now, if they squander that opportunity, then that's on them. Right. But I think yeah. everybody should get an opportunity. No, I get you. Yeah. Yeah. Some things. Uh, 
some things, yeah, give out two things. Like I said, they screw up, man, to hell with them, man. But, you know, as long as there's an opportunity out there, then, you know, there's a, there's a shot. So, Listen, so I'll yeah. Tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I've had my fair share of, of, of mistakes, and I was allowed to have those mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, let's get into the episode, man. So our first mailbag question comes from Chad from Hanover Park, Illinois. And Jules, he wanted to know, what are our thoughts? What are our thoughts on Craig Robinson? That's Michelle Obama's brother. His kids got booted from a private school last week. Yeah, I. this one, I, I you know, this one's a little freaky because they booted the kids for, I mean, I guess, I guess the, the, the head of the school or whatever had a, I guess Kelly sent the uh, a mean text, an email or something. I, I I I don't know how you I don't know how you can look at a an email and like, oh man, she's angry on there or something. But she had like some emojis or something. I, I'm not sure, but uh, they said it was some type of violation. And I, I'm I think I can look at this as like really the school is like thirty thousand. They paid like thirty thousand a year for the, for these you know for their two kids to go to school. Third and fifth graders never been in problems. Never been you know academic or behavioral issues or anything like that. And you know, and you you expel the school. You expel the students because the uh, email that the mom sent. I I don't get it. It don't make any sense. And so they're suing, which is I believe that I'm pretty sure they'll win this one because I don't see any yeah. grounds. I don't see any ground. So they, they, I don't see what, what what can they say to 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 hold up where yeah we'll 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 keep keep them expelled. I I don't get it. But then okay, they do win. Will I even put my kids back in that school? Hell no. Fuck no. I, no. no. I ain't giving them three thousand year to be treated like this. And we know what this situation is about. So to to audience to kind of paraphrase what Jules was saying that Kelly Robinson, Craig's wife was accused by the school of sending like some sort of an email where they said, oh, this was the last straw. But what I want to say to the audience that's not familiar with this story was the Robinson family had concerns about racial, racial biases in the curriculum. Now, this is something that Jules and I have talked about ad nauseum on this show about the curriculum that a lot of these schools have their students go through, the, the curriculum that he and I went through when we were coming up. Uh-huh. They had concerns about that. They didn't like the fact that there was repeated, the repeated use of racial and ethnic stereotypes in the homework assignments that their kids had. So they talked to the school about that. And I guess what it was is the school was looking for any reason to get them out of there because they didn't like the fact that they were bringing attention to those stereotypes. I mean, prayers, but it's, it, it should be, they, they handled it all wrong. They should have just called them in, in this how how we normally have student uh, um, parent and teacher conference? You get everybody in the conference and, and you talk about the curriculum. I mean, my God, parents, I'm paying thirty thousand dollars in this school. <laughs> hey man, I should be able to come up there and hey, if, I, if there's something I don't like, I should be able to to express that, and it should be no problems with it where they have to uh, you know try to set some up uh, any little thing that you know you get rid of, you know. So uh, well, I'll tell you one thing, Jules. I guarantee that ain't the first time. That a high-profile parent has had a complaint at that school. Now, you know where I'm going with that, and I'm surprised that they decided to take this stance with this particular family. I mean, come on, man, you're gonna take this stance with the Robinsons, knowing who the hell, <laughs> who the hell they related to? Ooh, What's wrong with y'all? 
You don't, want them, do. you don't want them kind of problems? No, that's all. I'm, you have no ground. That's why I'm, look, I'm looking at this like, there's no, how can you, a student for an email? Mm-hmm. That's what they say. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, that's what no, they that's, say. That's, that was their rationale. Yeah. Right. That's all it was retaliation. <laughs> right. Oh, man, they're going to they gonna lose that one. And then the school tried to come out and say, oh, they didn't fulfill their uh, commitment as a partner right. to, to the school. I'm like, yeah, okay. Dude, okay. Yeah, now y'all throwing stuff to see if it'll stick. Mm-hmm. No, nah, it ain't working. Oh, that's sliding off. <laughs> but you know what I saw? I saw on Twitter, somebody put a video out there that like about 10 years ago, the same school, they had um, students reenact the Underground Railroad and they had students dressed up as slaves and they had them running around in the dark and the teachers were the slave masters. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what in the fucking world is this shit? This is like 10 years ago. So 2012, y'all thought this shit was okay to reenact fucking the Underground Railroad and shit? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, that's a little rough, man. That's 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 rough, dude. So this is the type of school that we're dealing with here. So of course the Robinsons had issues with the curriculum. Because if 10 years ago y'all thought that shit was okay, I wonder what the hell they had to teach the students learning now. Oof. I mean, it's just one of them things that, uh, okay, now they're going to open up, since it's going to be a lawsuit, they're going to open up all the, the, you know, the curriculums that they, that they have and they're going to, now they're going to get down to it now with a fine tooth mm-hmm. comb. So, so this is, yeah, man, big shout out to, uh, you know, uh, Craig and um, Kelly with this man, because now you, you putting, putting notice on, on this school here. Now they're going to have to explain themselves. Yep. Now they got to explain themselves, but man, you guys want to pick a fight with these people? Okay. <laughs> that's luck. what I told that's what I told Nat Turner. Okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Listen, Nat Turner wasn't in his right mind, <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shit. That's why I laughed at him. <laughs> uh-huh. I bet. All right. Our next question comes up from Abby from Cleveland, Ohio. She wanted to know, what do you guys think about this Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard case? <laughs> oh. Oh, press! I was watching TV one day, and I see Johnny Depp over there testifying. I said, "What is this?" (laughs) I'm like, "What? You get the beat on it? You know what? It's it's it. Have no real talk. I have no thought of it. But okay, it brings a picture on on domestic abuse and you know whatever you know. The case be it shouldn't be." Domestic abuse is, is big and should take been taken seriously, and this is unfortunate that that happened. He stayed. He said he stated it, that he stayed in there because he fought. He watched his father go through it, and for the kids, and you know, I'm like, wow, you know. So it's sad because you got kids, you got children, and now you got your, your lives out there for people to see and talk about how Johnny used to do lines and dope back in the days and stuff like. And people need to listen to all that. But so the main question, man, is like. Man, well, good luck to Johnny Depp and whatever case may be happens, happens, and hopefully they can kind of, you know, be cordial and kind of co-parent in a way where they need to co-parent and, you know, not bring any extra stress to the kids. But for domestic abuse in, in, in general, man, it shouldn't be. If, if there's a problem, one, you know, separate peacefully. Whatever the case may be, just end it peacefully. That's how I feel about that. Deal with domestic abuse all the time, and it's not pretty. And so when I saw this, I was like, damn, Johnny Depp. And I was like, damn, he 
okay, heard that he sliced, sliced his fingers. God damn, what's going on over there? So, but as the question is, man, you know, if, 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 if can't, you know, let's, if it get hot and get intense, best thing to do, I tell everybody, man, somebody get, just leave. You know, somebody just leave if you can. Just just leave. Go call the police or or get a media in there, a family member, whatever the case may be. So you can kind of kind of walk, go your separate ways. Yeah. I, I think for me, Abby, when I look at this case, I look at multiple things. I look at obviously what Jules brought up as fact that when it comes to domestic violence, but I also look at the fact of accusations that are made against people. And so in this situation, what Johnny Depp is saying is, is that she's lying about the fact that I abused her during our marriage. And I think that in the situations like this, domestic violence is a very serious thing. And if a person, not just a man, if a woman, whoever's accused of domestic violence, we shouldn't be using that as a, you know, get them in trouble because you and that person had, you know, a disagreement or whatnot or whatever the case may be. Because if what Johnny Depp is saying is true, when he's saying that she lied about him, then that's so fucked up because this case is all about defamation. And when you sit here and make allegations about someone that are not true, well, the damage is still done to their reputation, whether or not the people are like, those weren't true, you still have that on your head that you're some sort of an abuser. And to me, when I look at this situation, Abby, I just wish that people in relationships can handle their relationship peacefully. And if you guys decide you can't be together anymore, then fucking figure out a way to get out. We talked about it last week on the show. This is just another example of a toxic relationship and how they both needed to part ways, but she went and wrote an essay. And if that essay was true, where she said that he was abusive and things of that nature, listen, okay, fine. You wanted to do that. You felt that that was the avenue to put him out there. I think personally, I would have handled it a different way if I would have been her or him. I don't think this is like something that we all should be listening and hearing about. Right. Dysfunction within a relationship. Mm-hmm. I just, True. I, I'm just not with that shit. True. True. No, it, that's why I was saying that it, this right here, we shouldn't be listening. You know, this should be out here for, for people to look at this. Amen. Long story short, man, if, if the, if the relationship is toxic, you can always get out, get out smoothly, man, if you can. But then if there's things that, you have to take extra steps and precaution to do, make sure you do it because there are people on end that don't get out in some of these situations. So, mm-hmm. man, it's, it's messed up, man. I, I, like I said, I just, I just pray that man, everything will smooth with, with him and just let this be over with, but also co-parent where, where they, they, they good for the kids, man. Cause they don't need to be looking at this too. Nah, it's, this is bullshit. But yeah. I would say, I, I just hope for their sake that both of them find peace because uh-huh. when I look at him on that, and when I looked at him on that damn stand, he looked like he was tortured, and he's out here trying to clear his name. And, and so, if he's if he's not lying about the fact that he never put his hands on her, then I hope the truth does come to light. Because it seems like for him, he just feels like he's got to stand up for himself. And just he said he what he said he how he I forgot how he said he said something about he's obsessed with the truth. So okay, so I hope that that's what you're saying is correct. But I would say anyone out here that's accusing someone of domestic violence or abusing them, and that didn't happen, don't do that shit. You're a fucking right. Life. Yeah, yeah. And pre- I just, I, I can testify, put my right hand and say, I've <laughs> been in certain situations where, come on, he ain't touch you, did he? And, you know, it, don't, don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because you want to get him out the house. 
There's other ways we can There's do other this. Ways. There's, There's other, other ways. ways. Don't do that. And right. it happens. Or because you or or because you're trying to get back at the person because they they broke your you know right. they broke your heart. They hurt your feelings. That's weak. Don't do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, because at the end of the day, you doing all that. What's it gonna get you? You know, a temporary. Oh, I got back at the person, but you in your heart know that that shit didn't happen. Right. You gotta live with that shit. And then let's 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 be honest. Some of these cats ain't wrapped too tight. They get out, dude. They had to go to county. You had to stay in county to your court date. Mm-hmm. And you in there for some false stuff. And you know they doing all types of stuff in, the, in, in 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 county and in jail. So. Come on, don't do that. And then you put a record on somebody. Come on, man. No, yeah, see, that's the part that's that. not cool. Like, like you said, Jules, see, you know that shit from the other other way. So you sit here and accuse someone of abusing you, accuse someone of threatening you, that person gets locked up. All you're doing is weaponizing. And and I and I'm not just trying to make this about a black and white thing, but we know that there's more African Americans that are put into prison and put into jail. We got to stop this with these situations. If the shit happened, cool. If okay. it didn't happen, find another way right. to resolve conflict with another person. Do not make up these false accusations. Men, keep your goddamn hands on yourself. True, true. That's it. I'm done with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey. 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 We good, Press. We good. All right, man. The next question comes on from Clayton from Shaker Heights. All right. He said, do you think that Kyrie should have been fined for his actions in game one? Well, yeah, they hit him with one. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. So it, I, I would say this. I would say if, you know, there's always going to be hecklers. Just beat, just beat the team. That's the best revenge you can do. You know, uh, he, he, you know, he was flipping, you know, giving some gestures and using some strong language and, and it cost him 50, uh, 50, 50 uh, stacks. So, oh, man, to alleviate all that, man, just at the end of the game, when that buzzer sound, when that buzzer goes off and your team win, that's the that's the ultimate sweet revenge. You beating their team on their home court. Old school scoreboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look at the scoreboard. <laughs> that's it. And just walk off. Because there's no better feeling than that, just being able to, to look at the person and say, what was you saying again? <laughs> right. Dude, or you or could do or you could do a Mike. Mike loved Mike was he loved that. That's that smack talking. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that fueled his fire. That's how he went. That's man. If anybody was to take a page out of MJ, that'll be one of the things to take. Cause you talk crap to MJ. He like, oh yeah, I'm gonna punch you on the court. Yep, yep. He, he ain't talking. So. Nope, nope. Cause you remember that back in the day, Spike Lee and all that shit. Jordan was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Keep talking that shit. <laughs> and Jordan always had his big games in New York too, man. Oh know, yeah. The oh yeah. I, okay, so I look at this situation with Kyrie. We know what it is, man. So Kyrie used to play for the Celtics. He left, right? He didn't have such a good run there. So the fans there, they hate him. Like, hey, Kyrie. But I look at Kyrie and I'm like, hey, instead of you flipping them off, don't be sensitive. Like, I was telling somebody this recently. I said, you know what I would have done if I was Kyrie? I'd have looked at the guy that was yelling at him and, and calling him all these bitches. And I would have said, look, you see that person that you sit next to? I got something better than that. 
Yeah. <laughs> or what you pull up to the arena driving? I got right. a Bugatti. Right. What are you talking about? See, all Kyrie had to do was flex on it. What can they say? When you were Kyrie Irving and you got that type of pockets and you got that type of lifestyle, really, what can anybody say to you? Oh, I suck. No, I don't suck. My life is great. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got no worries. <laughs> I got no worries. I got no worries. Listen, you know me. I don't know who you are, sir. I will never see you again. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Dude, exactly. You paid, you paid tickets to watch me. Mm-hmm. That's out of bed. Dude, you paid to watch me. Now just watch. Sit back and watch. That's what I'm going to say. But I will say, though, and I mean, you know all this, I, I keep it a buck with y'all. When I was in college, I went to Boston a couple times, and I will say, when I see the way that they treat Kyrie, it makes me wonder, man, how do black athletes like playing for the Celtics? I just never understood that. Look at the way they treated Bill Russell back in the day. This is fucking Bill Russell. And Boston's got a history when it comes to racism. So that's the only thing in this situation where I kind of look at it. I'm kind of like, all right, Kyrie, I can see why you kind of like got in your feelings a little bit, but, bro. Just flex on them. That's it. No. Simply put, I I agree with you. You know, so it is what it is, man. I, I feel like Kyrie, KD, a lot of these guys, they get a lot of flack. But I like KD because KD, a lot of times, he hit back at people. You know what I'm saying? Like when people try to like have a little smart shit to say about Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant uh-huh. let people know real quick. He's like, yeah, you okay. <laughs> he needs to do all that shit Don't stop it with the flipping people off like come on man stop yeah I mean and I'm pretty sure he he it was emotional he got you know it was because you know, I, I believe they lost right yeah they lost yeah they, they lost so yeah they right 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 that's right and so it was probably just a lot of mixed emotions that's going on and frustration and probably, you know, because he didn't have a good second game. I think it was scored 10 points, if I can, if I remember. Oh, yeah. Him and Katie both was off. Well, they yeah. was broke for our broke. So, you know, just, you know, Curry, just just keep it in check now. You know, you know he's going to get slapped with that fine, boy. So, no, don't lose no money over this now. That's like my pops telling me, man, why are you, you getting tickets, man? You like giving the city money? And so it was like, yeah, you're right. Let me slow down. <laughs> I wish I wish your pops would have told me that shit. I'm still paying tickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, he used to be mad. He used to be like, man, you like giving the city money? I said, man, I thought I stopped or whatever. No, make sure, you know, he, you know, yeah, that's make sure. Was it, yeah, he's like, man, it's 100 bucks. You got 100 bucks. I said, yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. <laughs> you know, he was right. Like you used to say with your pops, he started telling you stuff. You're like, all right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's still that wisdom, boy. That's that wisdom, though. Yes, sir. But, but when you got a guy like Kyrie, obviously money's no object to him because he skipped half the damn season. True. Yeah, true that. Dude, no. I, wonder, I, wonder, I wonder how he's going to pay. Is he going to pay with straight cash or is he going to write a check? I don't know. Man, I, I, I'll buy a bunch of roller quarters. That's how I'd pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we <laughs> 50 stacks in quarters. Oh, right. I can't even picture it. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to the bank. I need 50 stacks in quarters. 
Yeah, we mad. Get out of my bank. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, sir, we don't even have that many quarters in this whole damn yeah, <laughs> in right. our bank system. <laughs> they going in couch cushions and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, let's get into this damn episode. John wanted us to speak about the U.S. economy and if it's fair for everyone. And Jules, I thought this was a good episode to get into because <laughs> when you look at the way things are right now, I mean, especially after COVID, COVID really, show, really showed us a lot about the disparities, I thought, with the haves versus the have-nots because you got a lot more of the have-nots than you do of the haves, if, if I'm being you know quite frank here. Uh-huh. And right now, I think there's a major problem with the U.S. economy, Jules, because I think there's just too many poor people out here and not just the poor. Think about the middle class. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, sir. Press, speak that, speak that, press. Because the middle class don't have enough money. A lot of people within that middle class are saddled with debt. So when you think about this U.S. economy, man, and I talked about it before, when salaries aren't going up, but everything else around you is going up. Look at the fucking gas situation, Ooh, bro. Come on. I was driving yeah. past one, one gas station. It was almost damn $6. Six, $6 for, for premium. They can have that shit. It's, dude, listen, the way this shit's shaping up, it's going to be like doomsday. You're going to have people sticking you up at the gas station. Like, no, nah, you have to fill this tank up real quick. While you- Hi. I want no problems, man. Oh, fine. Yeah, what you want, premium? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I want the good stuff. <laughs> want me to clean those windows while I'm at it? You know, but... <laughs> but, when it, oh, but, when it, but when it comes to this economy, Jules, I think until uh-huh. employment and wages increase, you're always going to have an economy that's going to be bogged down. And that's the bigger problem is the fact, as I mentioned, not just with the poor people, but the uh-huh. middle class as well. Middle class, right, right. Man, Perez, dude, when this got... When, when, you know, when the question came across, it was like, because you see it, the haves and the haves not. Is this fair? Is this American economy fair for everybody? We absolutely, uh, we, we all know it's not. Because just look at it, it's obvious, it's evident. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime where you get big businesses getting bailed out by the economy, by the, by the, uh, by the, uh, 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 the, the, the Congress. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Perez, what about the, what about the middle class? Middle class is what, what makes this thing, what keeps America afloat here? Mm-hmm. Middle class. Don't, don't y'all forget about that. You know what I'm saying? The middle class. You know, the lower class, they live, you know what I'm saying? They get uh, a, a room, uh, housing vouchers and groceries and wick and, you know, all, all the other things. Phones or whatever the case may be. Medical, you, you know, everybody need medical. Not knocking it because people need this stuff or you're going to have, uh, you know, have anarchy. So you, you have to help, you know, have to help out. But is it enough? And then when you come up with, with middle middle wages was 10 bucks or whatever, but you increase it to 15, okay, okay, cool. But guess what, Perez? You hit it on the head. Inflation, everything else is going up. So it's like you don't even have a raise, really. You yeah. didn't have a, you're still stuck at 10 bucks. Uh-huh. So it's like, okay, what what is it fair? Of course not. It's not fair. So what do you have to so what so people have to take up on some own selves and do things to help to help themselves out because you ain't gonna get no handout from, from, from good old Uncle Sam here. It's, it's not it's not fair. It's not fair, but then also too, then you have a situation where the people are looking at the rich and they're like hating them, right? Because you gotta think about it, they're protected oh, yeah, from the conditions yeah. that you talked about. Because uh-huh. most rich people, they know how to fucking 
you know, hide money. They know how to protect their money with the different tax codes. So they are very uh, strategic in how they keep their money. Meanwhile, most middle-class people, they're not savvy enough. Those laws don't protect them. So again, <laughs> once again, you have the middle class that gets stuck propping up the economy. Man, so what I mean, what do you do is the question, man, because and how do you how do you fight that? This thing been going on since since forever. Since the, you know, you got the 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 the, the Rockefellers and the JP Morgans and 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 Edison's, you know, it's been like that since since Dave's coming up. Now you kind of see, you know, history repeating itself because who you get? You get Bezos, you get Musk, you have Buffett, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like now you like wait a minute, okay? Because now Bezos talking about buying, I think possibly buying Twitter and. Uh, uh, Elon Musk was trying to do. Oh, Elon Musk. Too. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, one of you know. But it's like, dude, how much? You know, how much? How much is enough? You know, and then if you outsourcing jobs and, and how how's America, Prince? How how we how people supposed to survive? All, like, what you have? Seven million people living. Uh, seven billion people live in America. How are you supposed to how? people are supposed to survive you outsourcing jobs the rich keep getting richer the poor keep getting poor the middle class are doing the backbone of everything they're not getting handouts i wish i could no. get a damn handout <laughs> you know and groceries are expensive Shit, it all is you know they, 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 everything. <laughs> it's crazy so you walk out of your house you're like god damn how much money is, is this fucking excursion of leaving my home gonna cost me <laughs> Right. You, you heard me talk about just driving down state. Now I got to fucking spend some money on a damn windshield. Right. Exactly. Stupid pebble. It's, yeah. Damn. Yeah. You get, you get a, get a pebble hit your windshield and it, and it expand. Now you get a whole, whole nother windshield. This stuff is not cheap. No. And okay. So let's just think about this. When you think about the U S economy, which is the largest in the world, everybody knows that uh-huh. a majority of it is driven by what? Consumer spending. Well, when you think about the rich people, they can't spend all their money. But guess who is spending all their damn money every day? The yeah. middle class. Yep. And what do we talk about in the past? We talk about some people in the middle class that they live with, the, they live outside of their means because they want to, you know, look a little bit more important than what they really are. And right. Worried about, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, as they say. But the people that are rich, they find ways not to spend their money. I was at a restaurant, man, recently, and I saw this person, famous, you know, I'm not going to say who it was. Everything that they ate, them and their party at that table, got comped by the restaurant. They ain't paid for shit. I'm sitting over here like, my sucker ass at this damn restaurant, <laughs> paying for all this damn meal. You should have been like, yeah, can you put it on that tab over there? <laughs> can you pick this up too? <laughs> but the, the point of me telling that story is, is that that's how they operate. Do right because they put up the chat because they is a celebrity and they bring you know they bring other people in because the mm-hmm. celebrity is, is eating there. But no, but I think the deeper thing about that is that they're not so quick to just flood their money in the market. A lot of people that we saw that were rich they became even richer. Bezos and Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, damn. What's the what's the boy Apple boy name? Microsoft. Uh, 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 oh, uh, Gates. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the Apple guy. He he passed. Yeah, no, yeah, my bad. Yeah, no, man. 
But I'm like, but he's probably still printing money. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? I'm like, this man worth more money dead than I am alive. Dude. Yeah, because Bill Gates, Bill Gates was now you see him in the as far as the vaccine. It's like, dude, you you're a tech guy. What you doing? What you doing banking your putting your money with the vaccine? Because it's mm -hmm. it's money behind this whole thing. money behind it. He knew. You know. Listen, Bill Gates, he was all involved in that shit. Trust right. me. I saw a whole bunch of YouTube stuff on him, and I'm not gonna get into no conspiracies, but I was like, man, this man, he's a tech guy, like Jules said. He boy, he's taking a lot of interest in this vaccine. And look at him now. He making money hand over fist on that shit. Man, come on. But that's why yeah. when people talk about is this economy fair for everybody? Fuck no, it ain't fair. It ain't fair for everybody. That's why I brought up the story about the restaurant. That's why I'm bringing up the story now about during this pandemic. Because while we were all probably saving money during the pandemic because we weren't going out as much, we weren't traveling, right? And influx of money, right? Uh huh. Man, they was capitalizing because for the people that were spending money during the pandemic they weren't going to the stores because people were afraid to go out right so amazon everybody's going on amazon ordering amazon they ordered amazon that stock was going through the damn roof dude it, it, it right prayers it almost make it seem like you, you, you don't want to say was this designed was this created was it you know what i'm saying and so cats like that can get can profit and get get rich off of because right because everybody was ordered. Then you have Door, you know, DoorDash, which people can, uh, you know, go to a restaurant so you can order a food and they'll deliver, deliver it out to you. But then, you know, of course, they jack those prices up because supply and demand. Once you have supply and demand, they can set the standards because you know what, nobody's going out, so I'm gonna charge this for delivery, and nobody's really gonna complain about it because they want the food or whatever the case may be, they'll pay it. And that's too. And that's that's messed up because, you know, because you know a lot of people at that time wasn't wasn't working, was laid off, and and you get money off these people, and it was like like man, dude, it always go back to it always go to show you, man, this ain't nothing but just, you know, the rich getting rich and the poor just getting poor. There's whatever they, they can capitalize to make a buck, man, that's here they are. Now I will say this though, Jules, because I don't want to be in a situation where I want to hate on the rich. Because I do say that the government programs that were put in place to try to help kind of level the playing field, well, those programs need to change because what those programs have shown you is the fact of what we talked about. <laughs> the middle class and the poor are stuck struggling and the wealthy people become wealthy. That's what we're seeing. But what I'm saying is they need to change these policies and how they do things. Now, while I did say earlier how wages haven't increased, well, some people may push back on me and say, well, if they increase wages, then we're going to have problems with that as far as inflation is concerned. And yes, you are. But at the same time, if you increase the wages, then you're getting more money in the hands of the people. And I think that that's right. the thing that we need to be looking at. Do and you know, and also what people do, and I see in this for us in, in Chicago with the election coming up, now you have now you have a lot more politicians trying to put money into the community, into the people in the community. Far as Willie Wilson with gas, Lori trying to pass a thing with the credit with the card for 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 gas for gas too. Prisker trying to do something. Nicey, nicey. This is supposed to have been just off GP. Re-election or not, you know what I'm saying? You in a position where you can do things help for the people. This this is what you do. You see, you know, I, I'm I'm glad Willie Wilson took initiative where. He saw that the gas price is $6 a gallon. 
hey, let me do something about it. Uh, going my, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, help out with people who wants $50 for gas. Okay, cool. That should be, it's too many rich people in this world for, for there to be poor people. So if everybody took initiative, not because they have some type of uh, 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 hidden agenda, just because it's out the, is it the right thing to do. Like I said, man, this world would be a whole much better place to live in, man. A lot of people would, would be, wouldn't be struggling or suffering, and it'll be a, a, a better place for everybody. No, I mean, I agree with you, man, but I think that just like with anything, that's still kind of a band-aid, you know, in, in essence. I think our government has to do a better job of just how they're doing things. And so some people will say, oh, tax the rich, but you can't necessarily just make it all about them as well. I think right, for right. me, the whole system and the way it's designed needs to be redone, you know, because if they don't do something about it, this is not sustainable as is. Right. Uh-huh. But even do they even want to, man? That's the thing. Well, they, think, have to, yeah. they have to, like, well, look at what you're talking about with Chicago. Willie mm-hmm. Wilson forced Lightfoot. Mm-hmm. And it's forcing, by, uh, by contrast, Pritzker to try to mm-hmm. do things to get more money into the community. So my thing is these people have to be motivated to do these things. Right. Right. Exactly. I just want to know if it's a... Uh... I hope it keeps up after the election. You know what I'm saying? Well, see, this is the problem. And this is the, a point that I want to bring up before we get out of here. A lot of these things, what Willie Wilson did and what Mayor Lightfoot is talking about doing, these are temporary relief for anybody that's receiving this type of help. But we need something that's going to be long-term. See, everything that they do is like a little quick fix, a little Band-Aid. When uh-huh. they do a stimulus, when they do all these different things, those are the Band-Aids. Like in some instances, for some of those people, yeah, that was needed. They needed that relief. But you're not going to spur the growth that we need all together with those quick little fixes because at a certain point, that shit's going to fade. That money's going to be gone. And you stuck with the same problem. Thank you. And you stuck with the same problem. Yeah. So I'm with you, Perez, when you say we need a, a permanent solution in order to, to, to fix this and to kind of rectify what's going on because keep this up i mean we'll just just go back just go back to the beginning go back to the haves and the have not you get a little band-aid a little relief you know you're thinking oh man i'm good i can make it thank god thank you jesus for these politicians and then <laughs> two months later i can't stand these boys. they ain't doing nothing for it you know mm-hmm. so right so like you said man we need a permanent solution here and i think that that involves politicians on both sides uh-huh Yes. Understanding. Yes. What's going to keep this ship afloat? Uh, keep this ship afloat, for lack of better words. But my thing is, Jules, what they've really been focusing on is just moving things along, right? Just moving one can, kicking it down the road. That's all this shit has been. But when you look outside, like you said, there's too many people out here that are homeless, that don't have. Bro, you can't drive around in Chicago without seeing these 10 cities. With all the rich people that we have, and I'm sorry that I keep saying that because it's not just all about them. Our government should care right. just as much as they do. But when you drive through this damn city and you see these tech communities, how the hell is that happening? America, we're supposed to be the greatest, quote unquote, greatest country in the world, but we don't take care of uh-huh. our own. We don't take care of our veterans. We don't, care, we don't take we care of our elderly. Right. We don't take care of our mentally ill. We don't take care of our children. See, they don't want me to 
Jules. Prez, I hear you. I Prez, I hear you. You're absolutely right. It is what it is what can you do for me? That's what it is. If uh-huh. you ain't doing nothing to hell with you. Yep. Yep. So that's I, the you know what? Problem. That's the greatest problem. <laughs> that's the problem. You get people in these positions, don't care. They'll do something when it's time for re-election or or if there's a camera in their face, behind the scene, they good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need hard up in these positions, man, because people need it. People actually need it. You know, I see it, I see it in their eyes out there, man. It's it's, it's prayers you see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the thing too, why while I when I look at these stories, when I see things happening with people committing these crimes and things of that nature, and I'm like, God, man, this, where's this world gone? But then when I look at the conditions that fucking people are in, and they're like, man, some people, they probably feel like that's the only avenue they have to, to, to fucking do, to have something. And nobody should ever be in a position like that. I'm not making excuses for it, but nobody should ever be in that position, bro. Right. Right. And, you know, and, 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 and we're talking about people who, who trying, and, they, you know, we ain't talking about the ones who just, just, just want to just, you know. Just can't get right. We talk, there's actually people out here in situations where they don't want to be in this situation. They're trying to be better themselves, but it's so hard because of what what the the economy and the system the society is 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 handed to them. Or so, yeah. When this question come up, boy, it was like, <laughs> no, nah, ain't fair. And and I pray that it it'll change, but. Prayers. We talked about this plenty of times. I'm, I, I, I try to, I try to do me. I try to make sure I'm good, you know, in this house, and 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 here, and here I am. But when it comes down to policies and and things like that, and you get people in the office who you can see don't give a damn, that's when you know, hey, listen, what I can do is definitely go out there and vote and put people in there. Hopefully, that will 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 will, will make the change and make uh, the communities in, in America better, hopefully, because, you know, you know press, sometimes you, you vote for this person, like, man, I think he'll do it, and he go in there, he or she, and it's, it's the same old, same old. That's the unfortunate part, you know what I mean? It's the unfortunate part. I hate to get all, like, you know, fired up about, you know, certain, certain topics, man, but, like, this one gets me fired up, man, because I see that there's people out here, man, that have to make decisions that are tough decisions, man, to feed their family, to put food on the table, man. We, You and I grew up on the South Side, man. We know what that life was like. I saw plenty of times my grandmother and my mom going to bed frustrated and crying over bills. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, yeah, man. And these are people that was working their ass off, working to die. My grandmother died with nothing, dude, her whole life. Working, 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 working for what she thought was a piece of the American pie. And I appreciate everything that she did because that hard work gave me and my brother an opportunity. So Mm. it wasn't just for nothing. But my point is that you got many working class people that was just like her, that was out here. They they worked their lives, bought them a house, and they thought, okay, I'm good. But see, Jules, you and I know from being in this world, there's more we need to be about generational wealth setting up that next generation and see that's what the middle class doesn't have the opportunity to do because of the way these, these systems are set up and put in place man Perez, you hit it right on the head I, it's bro i'll have hey you hit it right on the head you hit it right on the head because we was given a we we talked about it on the show 
we wasn't given the opportunity for that generational rep. We wasn't given that opportunity. Hell, they, they stole it from us. Mm-hmm. So now it's up to us to educate ourselves and kind of, all right, let's break this cycle and let's get this. But to to, to do it, it's going to be a fight. And we, you know, we just got to hang in there. We got to keep fighting. We got to, you know, educate ourselves and get with the right people to say, hey, where to invest and how to get more most out of my money and and set some stuff up for so our people, uh, so our uh, people behind us can have a good uh, handoff. Man, ooh, that's good stuff there, man. Good stuff. Yes, sir. Well, listen, audience, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Jules, go on and hit them with that curtain call. Press. This curtain call goes out to one of our loyal listeners, Lauren Edwards. Lauren is a student at UIC who worked tirelessly during the pandemic to protect her neighborhood. She is an organizer, organizer with the Mac Tenant United, which began a rent strike to fight gentrification in the High Park, Kenwood, and Woodlawn neighborhood. The group is withholding rent until Mac properties meet multiple demands, including pausing, eviction, and rent collection during the pandemic. Thank you, Lauren Edwards, for serving your community. President I and Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family would like to salute you and appreciate all your hard work. Jules, thanks for that curtain call. Audience, as always, we appreciate your continued support of this show. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.